This is the Action Network Podcast. And it is good. He was born in Big Beaver by the borderline. He started playing hockey by the time he was nine. His dad took the hose and froze the backyard. Little buddy dreamed he was Rocket Richard. He grew up big and he grew up tough. He saw himself scoring for the Wings or Canucks. But he wasn't that good with a puck. Buddy's real talent was beating people up. His heart wasn't in it, but the crowd ate it up. Oh! And welcome to the Action Network Podcast. My name is Michael Leboff, and I am the NHL editor here at the Action Network. We're sneaking in a NHL season preview podcast, and we hope that you, the Action Network Podcast listeners, will stick around because it is my distinct pleasure to bring you one of my friends, Pete Blackburn of Bally Sports. The last time I saw Pete, uh, only one of us was wearing a shirt. We were in the Nassau Coliseum parking lot. And he turned down a slice of pizza from me, which is akin to going to Russia, meeting someone and turning down a complimentary shot of vodka. Pete, it's nice to see you again. I have to say that I was on uh, in enemy territory. It was outside the Coliseum. So I didn't know if you were poisoning me with uh, with one of these sabotaging pieces of pizza. Had to be careful. Had to keep my guard up. This was, was the playoffs, uh, Bruins Islanders. And uh if I had known the game ended up going the way that it did, I probably would have taken the pizza no matter what. Like I said, just like uh, just like going to Russia, uh, you don't know if the vodka is going to be poisoned. But let's just get right into it, right? I'm going to read through the odds. They, of course, are brought to you by BetMGM, who are the official sponsor of this podcast. That is the Action Network podcast. And at the top of the board, the Colorado Avalanche are 6-1. to one. The Tampa Bay Lightning coming off two straight Stanley Cups. They're 7-1. to one. The Vegas Golden Knights plus 850, the Boston Bruins 12 to 1, Toronto Maple Leafs oh man, 12 to 1, my beloved New York Islanders 20 to 1, so are the Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Rangers, Washington Capitals both at 25 to 1, the Philadelphia Flyers are 30 to 1 for some reason, the Dallas Stars are 35 to 1, the St. Louis Blues 35 to 1, Calgary Flames 40 to 1, the Seattle Kraken, the NHL's 32nd franchise 50 to 1 along with the Vancouver Canucks and then we'll get into the real trash teams of the league, the Anaheim Ducks, Arizona Coyotes, Detroit Red Wings, and Ottawa Senators are 150 to one. And then I can't even describe them as trash. The Buffalo Sabres, 200 to one. They're your biggest long shot. Pete, give me a couple that you like off the board. In terms of value, I'm not blowing smoke. Uh, I love the Islanders. I think the Islanders hold a ton of value. I think that they're going to be, they're my pick to win the Metro. I think they've got a really good shot. They made it to the semifinals in each of the past two years, only to lose to the eventual Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. They're the only team in those two years to push Lightning up against the wall. Uh, and so they're a team that's built for playoff hockey. They're a team that has one of the best coaches in the league. Their roster has largely remained the same and possibly gotten a little bit better. So uh, I think that they're a team that's in really, really good position. And then for some of those same reasons, I also like the value on the Minnesota wild out of the Western conference, because, uh, they are also a team very defensively sound. Uh, they're getting better. They've got some young pieces coming up. I think that they're a team that is ready to take the next step. They played really well in the playoffs last year against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So I think that those are my two best value picks. 
someone's cutting onions in here because when you're talking about the Islanders started to have a little bit of a moment. I like the Dallas Stars 35 to one. Uh, you talked about good defensive teams. The Stars were third best in expected goals against and high danger chances against last year. Uh, everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Stars last year. And I'm not just talking about on ice, but more in like a biblical sense. They had to deal with a COVID outbreak. They had a winter storm that condensed their season. And everybody who was anybody on that team was hurt. Uh, the goaltending struggled, which I don't expect to do this year. Uh, so I like Dallas 35 to one. I also like the Calgary Flames uh, 45 to one. The Pacific division is really, really soft. Um, and the Flames became a much better team under Daryl Sutter. I'll get to him again later in the show. Um, they were fourth best in expected goals against seventh best overall in preventing high danger scoring chances last year. But under Sutter, both those numbers went to third uh, to third overall. And then another team I like, and this one, most of my bets are going to be coming from numbers. This one is much more play on talent and just buying low. St. Louis Blues, they're 50 to one. Uh, their numbers last year were terrible. They got into the playoffs just because the division they were playing in was, was terrible. They put up perhaps the least competitive playoff series I've ever seen uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, it was just an embarrassment. So they, they created a 50 to one. This team adds Pavel Buchnevich, great uh, top six forward to an already kind of uh, very talented team that went to the Stanley Cup, who won the Stanley Cup final against your Bruins not too long ago. Uh, they were the best team in the West pre-hiatus uh, two years ago. And then um, they still were able to get through the play to the playoffs with uh, despite struggling last year. So that just tells you about their talent. So I actually think buying low on St. Louis at 50 to one is uh, decent. And because I need to talk about the Islanders for a second, of course, I'm going to bet them because it would ruin my life if I didn't have a ticket on them in the season that they do win the Stanley Cup. But I actually think if you are looking for a value play on them, you can probably wait a little bit. Uh, they have a 13 game road trip to start the season. If they are you know, kind of pedestrian through that, uh, that number could drift a little bit, especially if another team in the Metro gets off to a hot start. And that's also where we'll start a divisional previews, the Metropolitan Division. The Carolina Hurricanes at BetGM at BetMGM, they're the favorite plus 375. The Islanders four to one. Pittsburgh four to one. Don't know why. I don't think that they're that yeah. good. The Rangers five to one. The Capitals five to one. Philadelphia six and a half to one. Devils 18 to one. Columbus Blue Jackets 100 to one. Pete, break down the Metro. I think the Metro might be the most wide open division in hockey this year. I think that it's sort of a, a changing of the guard year, if you will, like the teams that have been consistently at the top of the Metro, I think are getting worse. You look at uh, like the, the, the caps, the, the penguins, even the hurricanes. I think the hurricanes got a little bit worse this, uh, this off season. So I think there's like a leveling off that's coming because you also look at the Rangers, their poised to take the next step uh, and become a very competitive team. But one of the teams that I'm really, really looking out for and might be sneaky is the flyers, because you look at what happened last year with the flyers, their season, they came in with a bunch of promise and they've got a good roster, but things really fell apart in Philly. And it started with Carter Hart who had a horrible year. And I think that a lot of that can be chalked up to some of the weirdness of a pandemic season. He's a young player. And I think that he had some, uh, he had some, some problems between the ears last year. And I think that there's a good chance that gets sorted out. So I think the flyers have a, a roster that's capable of contending, especially if Carter Hart is at his best. And if they can get past coaching, I think that AV may hold them back. Uh, behind the bench, but if they can overcome the coaching or possibly 
to have some changeover in that department if there's like a tough start. I think the Flyers are a team that's worth watching out for. But again, like I said, I think the Islanders are, are the best team in that division. I think they're going to win that division. I, I, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value in them establishing themselves as better than everybody else in that division. So, um, you know, teams to look out for Flyers, Rangers, but I'm still going to stick with the Isles. I think that they've got the best roster in the most, um, the best combination of experience and also talent and uh, working towards the same goal, which is winning that division and then winning uh, the Eastern conference. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I was asked a couple of weeks ago about the Islanders over under because it's 99 and a half. And I was like, if you're going to bet that, if you're going to bet that over, just bet them to win the division, right? Take the plus uh, 400 rather than, you know, whatever it's minus 115 uh, on the over. Um, I think the Islanders are the best team in the division. I think four to one is probably a decent number on them to win the division. But like you said, it's, it is wide open between uh, the teams at the top and the Islanders are a team that likes to pace themselves throughout the regular season. They've had a couple big dips kind of in like the dog days of winter um, the past two seasons under Barry Trotz. So I think, uh, you know, if, if I had to pick a team to win the division, I think actually it is the Islanders at four to one, but my favorite bet in this division is Pittsburgh to miss the playoffs plus plus one seventy five. Yes. I, I don't understand why I, I know that the Pittsburgh has been there for, uh, for a long time. That team's only getting worse and uh, they have quite possibly the biggest question mark in net of any team in the league with Tristan Jari after the way that he played in the playoffs last year. He was just an absolute abomination in between the pipes. So if you don't have a goaltender, I think it's very, very important. If you're trying to win a division, you have to have two good goaltenders and the Penguins don't have one. So potentially don't have one very big question mark. I don't understand why the Penguins are getting the odds that they are. Well, you said it right off the top, right? They're still the Pittsburgh Penguins. So books know that, especially in hockey, when not that many people are betting into it uh, like we are, it's they can get away with hanging the, the Penguins at these numbers because, look, if they put the Pittsburgh Penguins at 50 to 1, Joe uh, Joe, casual better in Iowa is going to see that and be like, the Pittsburgh Penguins are good, so I'm going to bet that. And uh, then they can get themselves into trouble if they do come good. But, yeah, I like Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Like you said, the goaltending is a mess. The Islanders broke Tristan Jari. They broke a couple things this offseason. They broke the Rangers for a little bit. Uh, they broke the Bruins for a little bit. And then they, of course, broke Tristan Jari. Uh, Let's not so, pretend that Tom Wilson didn't break the Rangers single-handedly. That, I mean, look, the Islanders just ragdolled them in, in, in games that were basically playoff games uh, in, in last spring. And James Dolan is a, is a psychopath. So he decided to clean house. Uh, and yeah, Tom Wilson definitely has something to do with it. But I'll take the credit for the Islanders. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite bet in that division. Pittsburgh missed the playoffs. There, I think any any way you want to bet against Pittsburgh this year, I think go for it. Uh, especially in the pre uh, preseason, and they're, these these numbers indicate they'll probably be they'll probably be overvalued uh, in the game to game market early on. Sidney Crosby's out, Evgeny Malkin's out, no goaltending, uh, no depth uh, on any part of the ice actually. So this is a, a team that could actually crater. Uh, I think. All right, let's move to the Atlantic. That's the home of your Boston Bruins. The Lightning are the, the favorite at plus 135. The Maple Leafs plus 225. Bruins uh, plus 450. Florida Panthers, they are a very were a very surprising team last year. They're getting some more respect this year, but they're still plus 550 to win the division. Montreal Canadiens, who went to the Stanley Cup final last year, they're 25 to 1. Uh, and then how about this? Three teams at 101 or longer in a, to win a division. Ottawa at 101, Buffalo 150 to 1, Detroit 150 to 1. What a fun division this is. Yeah, it's extremely top heavy, but you know, you can go, I think you can go honestly anywhere with uh, like the top 
three or four teams. It's like uh, the Lightning, the Bruins, and the Maple Leafs all have a legitimate shot to win that division. And you know, I think that the the way that the odds are are stacked right now, I think is correct in in evaluating where those teams are at. I would be wary of playing the Lightning just based off of the fact that uh, they've lost so much depth this off season, and they're going to have uh, a bit of a time, I think, to fig- figuring out where those uh, those new pieces slot in and finding fits on that roster and that lineup. Uh, I would feel most comfortable, I guess, going with either the the Leafs or the Bruins just based on, you know, there's there's not as much turnover, I suppose, um, with with the back end. And I, I think the Bruins maybe help their depth a little bit and they do have they do have goaltending. It, it may not be as good as it's been in years past, but I think that the goaltending will hold up for the Bruins. I don't have quite that same amount of confidence with the Leafs. Um, so, you know, I think this is a really tough, tough place to go. I think that if you're looking for straight up value, the Panthers have just as good a shot to win that division as those other three teams, I think too. So uh, they've got great coaching. They're a team that's taken a step in the right direction. If you want to take a shot on a, on a, on a division that could really go any direction, why not take the Panthers? I see. I feel the same way about the Montreal Canadiens who, for some reason, usually when a team makes the Stanley cup final, the next season, you're like, all right, we're going to sell high on that team. Everybody in the world seemed ready to do that. And as soon as that game game five ended against the lightning, all you heard about was the, the Canadians aren't going to be able to do it again, which is probably true. They're, uh, they lost so much. They did, but they also replaced it. You're not going to replace Shea Weber and you're not going to replace Philip Deneau with like for like, but what they did was they kind of filled in around the edges and their goaltending tandem. Jake Allen was very good last year during the regular season. Carrie price was obviously spectacular during the playoffs. Their goaltending still decent. Like, and they also, they were a team that had a lot go wrong for them off the ice last year in terms of COVID and played a really tough schedule. They've got a good top six um, still. And if Cole, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are uh, the, the you know breakout candidates everyone expects them to do, I, I think that this team has a higher ceiling than they're being given credit for. Uh, winning the division is probably out of the question, uh, but 25 to one to win a division in hockey, we usually see what one, at least one surprise division winner a year uh why not Montreal I would go price hunting for them like if you if you like Montreal same thing as I said with the Islanders rather than like betting overs or whatever if they're going to be good go for a number uh like this like 25 to 1 to win the division or to win the cup at like 50 to 1 because like why like they're not that bad like people are treating them like they're going to be uh because they're not an elite team in this division which has three elite teams mm-hmm. like or four actually with Panthers like people are just kind of handling them like they're they're a bad team this is uh this is a, t- a division that people say are like four good teams four bad teams i look at it as four good teams one team that's got a high ceiling but a low floor and then three bad teams uh so i like montreal I, i'll bet on the ceiling uh bad bet probably but uh i can't yeah, i think I just there's just too many away. hurdles for them to overcome in terms of uh, being able to win that division like yeah. in other divisions you look at it he's like okay one or two elite teams at the top if things go wrong for for one of the two of those teams this Montreal's a team that could sneak up to the top of the standings I don't see that happening in the Atlantic because they are just they've gone backwards and maybe not maybe not super significantly backwards but backwards enough where it's gonna be very very challenging for them to hop over four teams 
Yep, that's why they're they're twenty five to one. Definitely a uh, bet that likely won't win, but I think it's kind of fun, especially if you, like you're new to hockey. If this is a, a podcast that you're you know you're, you're usually tuned in for football, if you're looking for a team to get behind, uh, a long shot. I think Montreal, who just went to the Stanley Cup final once again, and yes, they were it was a magical run, uh, but still twenty five to one on the to win the division for the Stanley Cup runner up. Uh, move on to the Central. This one, I mean, is a straightforward. Uh, as possible at the top, Colorado, the Stanley Cup favorite, their odds on minus 225 to win the Central, the Minnesota Wild, six to one, Dallas, 10 to one, the Blues, 12 to one, Winnipeg, 16 to one, Chicago, 20 to one, Nashville, 66 to one, and then the Arizona Coyotes, 150 to one. Uh, I mean, you, you can take this one to start again. It seems just so straightforward. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's called Colorado is is probably the best team in the league. And I don't think anybody's going to be shocked if they win that division. Like the odds are what they are for a reason. Um, Colorado, it, it'd be it's tough to bet against them because it seems like they're almost a lock to win that division. Um, but again, like it, it's one of those situations where if something goes wrong for Colorado and you've got a team, one of those teams behind them, like the, like the wild, I think are, are very competitive, like close to being an elite team. Uh, Dallas, for a lot of the reasons that you outlined uh, beforehand, like at 10 to one, Dallas could win that division. If something goes wrong for Colorado, um, like Dallas had everything go wrong last year. They still got a lot of pieces. They still have. Um, there's a lot of reason to believe that Dallas is going to surge back to being one of the better teams in that central. So like playing Minnesota or Dallas is, I think, if you're going to think about it in the same way that you were talking about um, Montreal, that's, I think that's a better play than a team like Montreal, because you only have to root for something to go wrong for like one team above those, above those two, two clubs. So uh, Minnesota or Dallas, not bad plays there. Yeah. I think it, like if you're not betting Colorado to win the Stanley cup, you're trying to beat them. Uh, I think any team I, I'm not, actually sold on the wild i'm gonna actually bet against them to miss the playoffs at plus 250 wow. i think they got worse and i think the division every other team in the division below them got better uh dallas st louis and winnipeg uh even chicago who i think is overrated in the market but i think it's not a really a bet against the minnesota while being a good team i just think it's a bet again on these other three or four teams being much better than than what we saw last year yeah, um, you're not wrong like colorado is in its own class at the top of that that division and then there, there is was sort of like an evening off in terms of competitiveness. I think it's very pretty competitive. Like outside of Arizona, every other team in that division should be pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you know, for like teams like for Nashville, for, for instance, like they're only going to go as far as you. Saros uh, is going to take them. He's a great goalie. We'll get to him later too. Uh, Chicago, I mean, who knows with them? I, I I'm. I'm against Chicago. Uh, I think they're a little overrated, even at these numbers. Uh, but yeah, Winnipeg, Dallas, uh, St. Louis. If you want to take a shot on any one of those three teams, I think it's well worth it. But my favorite bet, like I said, I like going against Minnesota. I think people caught on to like, they became a betting favorite. A lot of people who are into uh, betting on hockey last year love betting the wild every night last year because they were underrated on a game to game market. And I think sometimes that carries over to the next season a little bit too much and will inflate. Uh, a team's price. Uh, so I actually like going against Minnesota two plus two fifty to miss the playoffs. The action network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. 
And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Um, right, let's move over the Pacific division, similarly uh, structured to the central, but I mean, this is a much, much softer division than anything I've maybe ever seen in the NHL before. Uh, Vegas is odds on minus 165 as the favorites, Edmonton four to one, Seattle Kraken eight to one, Calgary Flames 14 to one, Vancouver 16 to one, the Kings 25 to one, San Jose 40 to one, and Anaheim 150 to one. I mean, you, we, we talked about the central being one good, uh, like one elite team, then a chasing pack of four or five uh, good teams, decent teams. This one is one really elite team at the top and then like four or five question marks. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's going to be who, which team is the least bad that, to, that will get the playoff spots in this division. So similarly, I like taking a shot. Like I, I outlined, I like Calgary uh, mm-hmm. in the uh, Stanley cup futures part. I like them 14 to one to win the division. If any, if anything goes wrong for Vegas, they're the team that I think has the highest ceiling because uh, look, <laughs> Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl on the Oilers, like they're going to be able to score their defense. probably didn't get better. And their goaltending. I know Mike Smith was really good last year. Mike Smith is 75 years old and his backup is Miko Koskinen, who's been a roller coaster in the NHL, former Islander. Uh, and you just, you, I just can't trust that goaltending even at four to yeah. one. So I, I would take a shot in the, in the middle guys. Yeah, I, I agree with you with, uh, you know, obviously Vegas is at the top. I don't trust Edmonton. I think Edmonton did get better up front, but their back end is still extremely questionable and in net. And that can derail a season more than anything else is the back end and the goaltending. Um, and I, I think that, that you, you highlight Calgary and I think that there's valid points to 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 be on Calgary for some of those same reasons. I'm going to be on Vancouver. I think that Vancouver is a team that did get better uh, th- this offseason. Um, their, their, their blue line is still a bit questionable. I think they're going to get better goaltending. Uh, but I, I, they are also one of those teams that basically everything that could have went wrong for them last year did. And they had, they got a horrible year from Quinn Hughes and a horrible year from, uh, Elias Pedersen who, who barely played. Uh, and when he did play, he wasn't all that good, but like he is an MVP caliber caliber player. And if, if they get back to, being, I think they're a well-coached team. If they get back to 
being the team that they were the year prior in terms of trending in the right direction. This division is bad enough that they could make a leap all the way to the top of the division if something goes wrong for Vegas. So uh, I think there's there's a good good reason to be on Vancouver, good reason to be on on Calgary. Outside of that, I'm not trusting anybody. Yeah, I think, and the way we're when we're talking about this is the right way to look at when you're betting divisions, not just in the NHL, but uh, in other sports too. Like you're you're betting on is the is what can go wrong, how many paths to uh, kind of doom are there for the favorite, and I think there are more than enough uh, for for Vegas to to take them. Yeah, on. definitely. I mean, especially you take up Mark Andre Fleury's gone. I think it's so important to have uh, at least two good goaltenders, and like Robin Leonard he for as good as he's been i think that there's still some questions there uh and their center depth was a problem and they didn't they got nolan patrick i don't know if that really satisfies that need um you know they've got a really really good team but there are question marks that could send them i don't want to say spiraling but it it, it, you know you got to be good wire to wire to win a division so you know i i think that that there's there's enough there red flags wise to say, Hey, this team might be great, but they may not win the division. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leonard's backup, Laurent Brossois. Uh, he's my pick for the most handsome player in the league. Backup goalies usually don't get that much shine, but, and he's wearing a mask when he's doing his job, but boy, uh, he is a good looking chap. All right. Let's move over to some individual awards markets. These are so much fun. Uh, and they also give you different ways to bet on teams uh, in certain respects. Uh, without, you know, if, if you think, oh, you know, the avalanche are minus 225, I don't want to lay it. Uh, you, you might have, you can get some exposure on the avalanche in, in these markets, but with maybe betting on Nathan McKinnon or whatever. Um, we'll start with the Hart Trophy. Uh, you know, there's the familiar names at the top. We don't have to go over the odds. What, uh, who are you betting to, to be the, uh, the league MVP this year? Uh, it's, it's a boring pick. It's boring, but in chalk, but uh, I'm going to go Connor McDavid. I mean, he, He's coming off one of the best seasons that we've seen, best offensive seasons that we've seen in like since I've been alive. Uh, he was unbelievable and he is the best player in the league. And again, the Edmonton got better up front. He has the most help up front uh, in terms of a forward group as he's had in, in maybe since getting there. Uh, you know, they got better. Zach Hyman, uh, Warren Fogle. I like a lot of their additions. So like, you know, I think that they're in a good position to succeed in terms of point production and him being able to drag them to the playoffs. And I, I mean, I as much as I talked about not trusting Edmonton this year, I do think they're going to get into the playoffs because that division is so bad. So, you know, you have to make the playoffs to be an MVP candidate. So you look at uh, Connor McDavid, how good he is versus the playoff certainty. I think that there's still you know, a lot of reason to, uh, to bank on that. I, uh, I think it's funny because McDavid is so much better uh, than everybody else in the sport that like in another league, like the NBA, like what would he, if Connor McDavid was an NBA player, I think he'd be like minus 300, minus 400 to win MVP. Uh, Cause he's just that much better, but because, you know, this is hockey or whatever. And you're basically betting at this point, will McDavid play a full season? You're getting mm-hmm. three to one odds on that. Uh, I think, so like uh, as much as I like to throw water on people for for staying near the top of the board, I get it. For me, I'm going dumpster diving. Uh, I like Connor Hellebuck, forty to one. Uh, goalies usually don't win this award. We've seen it usually once a decade. Dominic Kostic went back to back in years of yore. Uh, uh, Hellebuck is what the makes the Jets go right. He's the best goalie in the league, in my opinion. 
He plays behind a defense that got better this year, but has been so bad in the past that he's been just spectacular. His uh, goal saves above expected are uh, near the, the top of the league, despite playing behind that defense. So I like Hellebuck. If you're looking at the Hart Trophy MVP as which player is the most valuable to his team, I think Hellebuck kind of fits that bill. And then the real long shot I like, this guy isn't even listed on the board at a lot of places, uh, but Jack Hughes is 110 to 1. Uh, the Devils got a lot better. And this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier when I said, you know, if you, I don't think the Devils are a good bet necessarily in the division market or the Stanley Cup market or even to make the playoffs. I think they're a little overvalued as a team because when teams have great off seasons, that tends to happen. But uh, with Dougie Hamilton and Tomas Tatarin in town, the Devils' power play will get better. Hughes is a great playmaker. He was really good last year, despite the numbers just weren't there. I think it was more bad luck and some COVID things as well. Um, 110 to one, he should be like in the 40 to one range with, with players like, you know, Matt Barzell, for instance. Uh, I like his game for this award. He can, he, he's going to be able to tally a lot of points on that power play. The devils will get better. He, this is going to be his breakout season. Yeah, he did just deal with an injury uh, in the preseason, but it doesn't look too bad. Anything north of like 75 to one, I think is a fun bet on uh, Jack Hughes, who looks like he still looks like he's like 13 years old. And then you watch him play hockey and it's just so depressing. Um, not coming from someone who looks like 20 years older than he is. So then let's move on. Vezina trophy for you uh, out there who are new to betting hockey. This is for the league's best goaltender. Uh, I'll start because I'm in love with this man. I bet him last year to win the uh, Vezina trophy. It didn't work but he did look really good in the second half. You Saros, 40 to one for the Predators. Best goalie in the league in the second half. He did struggle in the first half of the season. He struggled in the first half of the season in the previous season too. So hopefully that's yeah. not a thing, but he's the man now. Pecorini has retired. Pecorini wasn't that good, but he had so much clout within the organization that he probably got uh, more minutes than he should have in the twilight of his career. This time it's, it's Saros's net. He's probably going to play 55 games because uh, David Riddick is behind him. He's not very good as a backup. 40 to one is a great number. I would bet it down to like 30 to one. Yeah, I uh, I have the same pick. I, I think that UC Saros is in a position to succeed. And you mentioned the trend of him struggling out of the gate. That could be mitigated with a bigger workload. Like he can work through it e- earlier in the year. And he was single-handed. He single-handedly dragged that team to the playoffs last year. Um, and, you know, he has shown that he does typically get better as the season goes on. And he is very close i feel like he's on the precipice of establishing himself as an elite goaltender in the league and i do think that that larger workload may help get him some uh some more votes at the end of the year when voters are looking and you know i think that across the league it's becoming a trend and it's a trend that works of of platooning and splitting workload to preserve your goaltender but if you are looking at uh like workload sometimes that gets you votes i look at uh like Connor Hellebuck a couple of years ago when he was going up against Tuka Rask. I think a lot of the, some reason why he beat Tuka Rask in the Vezina voting was because his workload was so much better and his defense was worse. So he had a, a tougher body of work uh, for him. And I think that some of that also could apply here to UC Saros. The, the thing that gives me a little bit of pause is not knowing whether, whether or not Nashville is going to make the playoffs that could would essentially derail his case for Vezina, but uh, you know, I think it's, it's worth the shot. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're betting you Saros uh, at 40 to one to, to win the Vezina, you're basically betting 
will the Predators be good this season? And you're getting right. 40 to one on it and good, not mean they win the division, but will they, you know, be in the mix for a playoff spot? Because I think even if they are in, in playing meaningful games in March and April, uh, Saros will, will be the reason for it. And that means that he will get some attention. Um, that's why I like it. 40 to one is a, is a good number. Uh, Calder trophy. This one goes to the rookie of the year. Uh, maybe I'll make your day with this pick. I like Jeremy Swayman, 25 to one goalie for the Bruins. Tuka Rask is uh, out of the picture at the moment. Uh, he'll be splitting the crease with Linus Olmark, who has shown flashes in Buffalo. But I mean, I don't know if you can really trust him with a full starters workload and Swayman 10 games, really small sample. Uh, but his like his goal saved expected per 60 was near the top of the league last year among goalies with at least 10 starts. Uh, he looked really good. Basically anytime the Bruins turned to him, he was part of the reason they turned the season around. I know Taylor Hall and uh, Mike Riley get a lot of the credit and, and obviously Sweeney, the GM for making those trades, but Swayman's uh, goaltending was, was terrific uh, in that uh, resurgence from the Bruins down the stretch 25 to one. He's flying under the radar. Uh, Cause I think people assume the Calder trophy is just going to go to a, people at the top of board, like Trevor Zegers or Cole Caulfield, because they're a little more flashy, but these goalies tend to be undervalued in this market and most like non goaltending specific award markets. Uh, so 25 to one, if, if Spencer Knight is 10 to one, and I know his pedigree is much bigger, but like, what's the difference between betting on Spencer Knight, who's going to also split time with, with a goalie in Florida and Jeremy Swayman at 25 to one. Yeah, I agree with a lot of those points. I mean, I think that Spencer Knight has a, has a, has a good chance to win it. I mean, we've seen, we've seen some great stuff from Spencer Knight in a limited sample. Same with Jeremy Swayman. I think that both of those teams have pretty as good a shots to win that division. So like if that happens and, and one of those guys, is the guy uh, chances of them winning the Calder is pretty significant. Um, uh, you know, Cole Caulfield has the best odds right now. And I think for pretty good reason, uh, he got better as he got more experience last year. He was uh, pretty good for them in the playoffs and he was a, uh, an important player. And I think that he's going to score a lot of goals and goals are sexy when it comes to Calder voting. And, you know, there's a chance that he gets, you know, around 30 and that could, that could easily, uh, could easily snag him the award. I think that Trevor Zegers is probably the best player, but he's on a bad team. So the, the point production may not be there. Um, so I, uh, I like the Swayman pick. I like Spencer Knight. I I'm really going to kind of lean on the goalies uh, in this one, because I think that, for as good as the uh as as good as the the uh, the, the sexy offensive players are, goaltending can single handedly swing a season, and I think that the Bruins are going to rely on Swayman, and the Panthers are going to rely on Spencer Knight, and both of those guys have a chance of being like the single biggest reason why, one of the single biggest reasons why their team has a lot of team success. So I'm going to go with those two. Swayman is a uh, native of. Anchorage, Alaska, just like my colleague, uh, Darren Rovell, little known, a little known fact, uh, the Norris trophy, best defenseman in the league. Uh, this is like, kind of like the, the heart trophy, the guys at the top are usually going to suck up all the value. So you can kind of sneak a, a long shot in down the board. I think also this year or last year where we started to see a shift in how these, these awards were voted on and people started to appreciate defense more. Um, like the art of defending. Usually this award just goes to uh, the player that will score the most uh, defensively. And I mean, you're not going to give Ty Tyson Berry the, the, the Norris trophy. I'm sorry. Um, so instead I'm focusing on a couple of guys who are, who are pretty good uh, in their own zone at big prices. Mackenzie Wieger, he's 75 to one as high as 75 to one. If uh, 
depending on your sports book, he plays with Aaron Ekblad on Florida's top pairing. If that team's good, Mackenzie Weger is going to get a lot of shine. Uh, he's, he's had a breakout. He last year was his breakout season. Uh, Canadian media members love to talk about players who are quote unquote underrated, even though we've been talking about them for like a year and a half before that. And this is his turn in, in, uh, to be in that conversation. And I like Ryan Pollock on the Islanders at 29 to one him and Adam Pellick, one of the best defense pairings of the league. Pellick is a similar price, but he just doesn't score as much. Pollock was had down numbers, def- uh, offensively last year, but he's got a hell of a shot and his shooting percentage was, uh, way low hit lower than his career average. I think he, and he's in a contract here too. I think he can score 10. If he scores 10 goals, that'll get like kind of the old school betters who do want to bet on uh, the Norris trophy going to someone who can score. And plus his defensive work will get the new age bet- betters in and the Islanders should be good. He plays on a very defensively sound team. So Ryan Pollock 29 to one is uh, the other bet I like in this market. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting with the Norris because I feel like the, uh, the Norris is more, subjective than any uh any of the other awards where uh you know the the way that that dif- that way that uh writers and voters determine defensive value value for defensemen it, it kind of shifts from person to person um and it does seem like one of those awards where like next guy up next man up happens more than it should like i think the voter exhaustion happens a bit more in the Norris discussion than it than it should. Um, and so I'm looking at first time winners here. And, and I think that Charlie McAvoy is a guy who is one of the most valuable defensemen to his team in the entire league. And he is very, very solid two way. Uh, he's going to play big, big minutes. So on a on a good team, I really like uh, I really like Charlie McAvoy, and then Jacob Slavin is another guy that has been getting a, a ton of praise over the years, and hasn't hasn't really taken that next step to uh, mainstream accolades, I guess. So this could be uh, Jacob Slavin's year in terms of winning over voters and uh, and and getting into that that Norris discussion. Uh, as a Long Island native, Charlie McAvoy would never turn down a complimentary slice of pizza. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, he's 12 to one, uh, Slavin 15 to one. Uh, Slavin too, I think is a good pick. I was, there's always a time preseason, like before these numbers go up that I'm, I have a short list in my head. Slavin was on it. And I was hoping he would sneak to like 30 to one because with Hamilton out of town, right. uh, he's the guy now. Yeah. He's the guy. Right. So, and that should be a good team. My favorite betting market preseason this is, and it's because like anything betting hockey, it's just going to break your heart and you're going to be, you're going to hate yourself uh, for the rest of, you know, the summer for, or if you're betting on a hockey game, you're just going to hate yourself going to bed. I mean, if you go to bed sad, that means that uh, you've probably had a good night of betting on hockey. That's, you know, cause you probably lost the three, one lead in the third period or something. It's all about going to bed sad in this league, the Jack Adams trophy go coach of the year. I have a strategy here, a little game theory. I like three coaches and it may be four in the Pacific division. Dave Haxtell, he's 30 to one. He coaches the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Daryl Sutter, the Calgary Flames, he's 50 to one. Travis Green, 66 to one. Vancouver Canucks. My thinking here is one of these three teams is going to make the playoffs. And if one of these three teams, whatever team makes the playoffs, that coach is going to be a finalist, whether it's the Kraken. I mean, if Dave Haxtell gets the Kraken to the playoffs, like we said, this is voted on media members. Human beings are making these picks. What better narrative than the expansion team making the playoffs 30 to one. So the Kraken are minus 130 to make the playoffs. 
Dave Haxel is 30 to one to be coach of the year. I think these two things are very heavily correlated uh, more so than the other two guys on this list. But uh, so I like that number a lot. It's one of my favorite bets of the season. I like Daryl Sutter 50 to one kind of similar reasons. Uh, if he coaches the flames to a bounce back here, media members love Daryl Sutter because he talks like he is chewing marbles uh, at the same time. He is just a hockey icon. Uh, I'll, you should watch his, his post-game pressers. Maybe our, our beloved producer will, will drop in a Daryl Sutter uh, soundbite. It's not been a good day. I lost my glasses early this morning. And I had to go buy a pair of $79 reading glasses today. You, you, can, get, you can literally get them at uh, Costco, three for 20. And then I like Travis Green, 66 to one. You talked about the, liking the Canucks as a long shot in the division. Division's so soft. If they make the playoffs, at 66 to one, I think Travis Green will be on a lot of ballots too. Yeah, I, I like Travis Green. I also like uh, another coach in the Pacific for some of the same reasons, but it's, I'm going in a different direction. I like Todd McClellan, uh, head coach of the Kings. I think the Kings are going to take a, a step forward this year and they could make the playoffs in a division that is quite bad. Um, I think that they are trending in the right direction. They added some nice pieces. They could be a playoff team. And I think that, for better or for worse, the Jack Adams award goes to like the most surprising team, the coach of the most surprising team. And the Kings have been bad for the past handful of years. And now they could be a surprising playoff team. So Todd McClellan could be the beneficiary of that. Another guy that I'm looking at is uh, Gerard Gallant in, uh, in New York, because the Rangers play in a wide open Metro division, the, uh, the Metro I think the Rangers are poised to take a step forward. They could finish with like mid nineties points wise and get into the playoffs. And with a team that, uh, you know, I think it may, may benefit Gallant that, that he is a first year coach comes in, gets that team into the playoffs, gets them competitive and gets the most out of that team. Uh, and he's, he's been successful in, in arriving and having an immediate impact as, as a first year coach. So um, I think that those two guys are the guys that I'm looking at. Yeah, McClellan was the other guy on my list that I was talking about. I haven't bet him yet, but if I'm betting the other three, I should bet him because uh, if the Kings get in and he wins the award and I don't have a ticket, that'll be the third straight heartbreak for me in this market. Uh, I had John Tortorella. You, you said like it goes to the most surprising team. Mm-hmm. You'd think that, but John Tortorella lost to uh, Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins, who were a cup favorite that year. And then last year I had Joel Quenville and he lost to uh, Rod Brendamore of a team that was uh, price like a one of the top eight teams in, in the league in the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, this is this is a, a a market just full of pain, which makes it a lot of fun. Uh, let's move to the Rocket Richard Trophy. This is given out to the uh, player that scores the most goals. Uh, simple as that. Who is going to score the most goals this season? Uh, anybody you like on this board? Uh, I like Sam Reinhart. I don't know if that's going to surprise some people, but (laughs) Sam Reinhart scored 25 goals in Buffalo last year for one of the worst teams that has played in the NHL in a long, long time. Uh, They could barely keep it together. And he scored 25 goals without Jack Eichel. And so, you know, I think that Sam Reinhart going to Florida to a team that looks to be pretty good, playing with with Alex Barkov and, and, and Carter Verhage, if that's the top line with the Panthers, Sam Reinhart could score an easy 40 goals this year. And I think that there's value in, in playing him. Yeah, he's uh, on my list. So I had three players on my list. Sam Reinhart, he's 35 to one at MGM. I like Miko Rantanen, uh, 21 
he was fifth in 2021 and with 30 goals. He's if, if he stays healthy and his uh, running mates, uh, Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog stay healthy. He's he's a he's a lock for at least 30 uh, with a ceiling of maybe 50, 55. So at 20 to one, rather than betting McKinnon uh, or Landeskog, I think ranting in on that line makes the most sense. It's probably going to be the best line in hockey, maybe outside of uh, the perfection line in Boston. And I like uh, Andrei Svechnikov in uh, Carolina. I bet him last year too. Guys, I can't quit. 50 to one, uh, 20 goals based in, in his two full seasons. And, and that's including the one that was not even uh, full. It was the hiatus season. He played 68 games. He's, he was over 20 goals. Um, last year, he would have been on pace to be in like 20, the 25 goal range. He's going to take another step forward. The Hurricanes are so deep offensively that there's a worry that the goals are spread around too much. But I think him, uh, he's their best winger. He's one of their best players. Uh, he's one of the best wingers in the league. I think we talked about underrated players, even though he was a top draft pick. I think he kind of flies under the radar a little bit. Not likely to win, but at 50 to one, uh, I like his ceiling. So that'll do it. Now, this, this has been the Action Network podcast. We'll turn back over to the football guys tomorrow. We apologize to all of you uh, out there who are wondering why we're talking about hockey on this podcast feed. But the good news is, for those of you who like hockey, we will have a uh, NHL podcast launching sometime around American Thanksgiving, which is a little bit later than Canadian Thanksgiving, which ironically falls uh, around Columbus Day. So for Pete Blackburn of Bally Sports and our producer, Matt Mitchell, I'm Michael Lieboff. Enjoy the hockey. Can somebody? Can somebody?